Our readings for this morning come from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 to 7. The psalm is 41 to 12. The second reading is 1 Corinthians 1, 1 to 9. And finally, from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. Well, peace be with you. Friends, some of the most surprising yet highly interesting things we read in the Gospels are found in the 339 great questions Jesus asks his followers. For instance, from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is confronted by two blind men begging for Jesus' attention, obviously desiring, desiring to receive their sight. Jesus simply asks them, What do you want me to do for you? It may seem obvious to those standing around, heal the eyes of the blind men. Nevertheless, Jesus curiously simply asks the question, What do you want me to do for you? Then from the Gospel of Mark, after having once turned five loaves and two fish into enough food to feed 5,000 hungry souls, which have gathered to hear Jesus speak, by the way, an act which totally surprised the disciples, now later when 4,000 hungry souls have gathered to hear Jesus, the twelve once again wonder, where would they get all enough food to eat to feed these 4,000 people? And Jesus patiently asked the twelve, how many loaves do you have? And then promptly turns the seven loaves and a few fish gathered by the twelve into enough food to have seven baskets left over. And then from the Gospel of John, you may recall the infamous discussion between Jesus and Peter on the shore of, the lake, of lake Galilee after the resurrection, after Peter's thrice denial of knowing Jesus on that Thursday evening, early Friday morning, around that charcoal fire. Jesus famously asked Peter, not once, but three times, Peter, do you love me? What are you looking for? That's the great question Jesus asks of two of his early followers from today's reading in the Gospel of John. <clears throat> what are you looking for is also the big so what in, from today's homily. What is it that you are looking for? It's a great question to ask, is it not? Recently, I began a couple of new adventures in my life. One training for this year's bicycle race from Sheep Mountain Lodge to Valdez. It's about a 200-mile ride known as the Fireweed. And in order to successfully complete that ride, I have begun watching what I eat so my body might be somewhat in shape. Designed into both training programs, I have enlisted <clears throat> to help me with my training. Both programs have asked me to identify what it is that I'm looking for in order to successfully get to where I would like to get to. I think it was the philosopher Plato who first said, if you aim for nothing, you're sure to hit it. So what are you looking for? Today, lots of people are looking for pleasure or maybe power. Pleasure in getting all the toys, enjoying all the rides, seeking all the thrills life has to offer. 
power in getting there first or beating out your coworker to the next promotion or finally reaching the top of the metaphorical hill. Many folks today are stressed out and seek some type of medication, prescribed or otherwise, to alleviate the stress they find themselves under. What about loneliness? Those who find themselves lonely at night find their way to unhealthy sexual fulfillment, mistaking that unhealthy sexual fulfillment for love. Now, at my last church, as I looked out into the crowd, I could identify some of those sitting in the pews with a few of the the desires I just mentioned, a few of the characteristics that I saw. However, as I look out at this crowd, this holy huddle of humble Episcopalians, I sense and see most of us are seeking something else, something a bit deeper in life, more than just pleasure or power. I sense you are seeking more than just burying the bad feelings with some type of medication. I sense that some of you are seeking more than simply filling the loneliness of the soul with the first thing that comes out of the drawer, so to speak. You see, each of us has a hole in our hearts, and we humans attempt to fill that hole with the various ways of the world. Sometimes the shape of the item we are attempting to fill that hole in our hearts with comes close to filling that hole, but nothing ever, ever seems to exactly fit just right. Blaise Pascal, the child prodigy of the 17th century, he was a mathematician, a physicist, an inventor, a philosopher, and a Roman Catholic author once wrote, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. And so more pointedly, let me ask us all again, me included, what is it that you are looking for to fill that God-shaped vacuum in your heart? Is it a created thing? Or is it with the real thing, the Creator? John the Baptist was near the Jordan River and saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Apparently, for the Baptist, the hole in his heart, which he was attempting to fill, was filled by the one who was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For the baptizer, the hole in his heart was shaped like that of the Lamb of God. Hmm, what does the Lamb of God look like, I wonder? Well, to most, lambs look like fluffy, cute little animals we see in first baby books. Or sheep we count at night when we can't get to sleep. For some, the Lamb of God looks meek and mild and harmless. The way we really want to see God as meek and mild and harmless to us, willing to cuddle up to us to fill up that hole in our hearts. But we eventually figure out that that image of God doesn't quite fill up the hole. Then what is it that John the Baptist was saying about his cousin Jesus? Well, in the day and age of first century Judaism, Beyond providing protein in a meal for Jewish families, lambs were primarily used as animals for sacrifice at the temple. 
Lambs were used as a way for good Jewish people to get right with God by sacrificing a lamb at the temple. Thus, John may have seen the Passover lamb in Jesus. Or perhaps John saw the lamb described by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53 of his book. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. <clears throat> Although we may not be able to specifically point to what the baptizer was referring to, John is clearly indicating that Jesus is some kind of sacrifice to be made and as we will read further on in the Gospel of John, that sacrifice will be made for the entire world. So John the Baptist is one of the first in the New Testament to identify for us perhaps an image of Jesus which will fill the God-shaped hole in our hearts. The Gospel writer goes on to say that the next day John saw Jesus again and said, Look, the Lamb of God. Well, two of John's disciples standing by, hearing and seeing their leader point to someone else, they wisely pick up on that exclamation and slide away from the Baptist and begin to follow behind Jesus. Now, sensing someone following him, Jesus turns to the two disciples and simply asks, What are you looking for? Indeed, what are you looking for? The Bible sometimes is actually pretty funny. After being surprised by the question, the two disciples mumble out a sheepish response to the question, What are you looking for? Uh, Rabbi, they say, where are you staying? Were they looking for a hotel room? A nice place to have dinner? Or were they looking for that God-shaped image to fill the God-shaped hole in their heart? You know, in our modern, western, highly sanitized vocabulary of psychological verbiage, God, our God, is all about having a grown-up, mature, responsible relationship with His creation. In fact, since the beginning, God's desire has been to have a fully grown-up relationship with the humans God created. That means that God does not want to be like a big teddy bear in the sky, so to speak. God does not desire to be the grandparent who the child can run to when the parent applies a little bit of discipline. Nor does God desire to be the magician, performing tricks and miracles at our whim. Neither does God want to be the abuser, nor does God want to be the victim. But because God truly loves us and wants the best for us, in our modern, western, highly sanitized vocabulary of psychological verbiage, God's desire is to have a fully grown-up, mature, and responsible relationship with you and me. What that does mean, then, is that God will be honest with us, care for us, pursue us, accept us in our uncleanness. God will love us, but will always allow us to pursue our own gods even though it will hurt God deeply. God will hold our feet to the fire so that we will grow, achieve, become the best that we can be. But on the other hand, if we wiggle away and flee from God, 
God will allow us to pursue our own spiritual devices, our own images that will fill that hole in our heart, even if it means harm and detriment to ourselves. Jesus as well seeks a fully grown-up, mature, responsible relationship with his followers. And so as he turns to the two stumbling, mumbling disciples who awkwardly ask, where are you staying? Jesus says, come and see. Wow, what a statement. A call to follow the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Come and see what it truly is to fill that God-shaped hole in your heart with a fully grown-up, mature, responsible life lived hand-in-hand with the Creator God of the universe. Come and see and watch the image of, of the invisible God heal, forgive, walk with, and love His creation. And so I ask all of us here today, what is it that you are looking for? If you were merely looking for pleasure or power, medication or false love, I highly doubt you would be here today. So my guess is you're looking for something more, something deeper, something real. I would even go so far as to say you're looking for that one thing to fill the God-shaped hole in your heart. I bid you then, come and see. Come with us and follow the one who John the Baptist said was the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Come with us and see. Meet the one who created us to have a fully adult relationship with us in order to bring us to new life, new creation. In order to bring us to that original intent of creation, that being to have God dwell within us as individuals and within us as a body of Christ called the church. What are you looking for? Come and see. Amen. Amen.